to the genealogy. It's just, just a great time to come and be a guest speaker. The genealogy. Yeah. <laughs> I saved it for you, bro. That was Thanks, the bro. Name. Thanks, bro. No, but it is. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get some stuff out of it and um, yeah, glean some things. Uh, I know. Just a, just a little bit of context, right? And I think this really flows in with uh, why Luke adds the genealogy. You know, you kind of got to ask, why now, Luke? Like, why not start it at the beginning? Why at this, you know, you're, you're telling us all this stuff and then you jump into a bunch of names. Why? Why are you doing that, Luke? Um, you know, as you've probably seen, you know, you've seen this incredible birth of Jesus. Um, we've had John the Baptist, you know, saying, I'm not the Messiah. It's the one coming. I'm preparing the way. Uh, and then we've just had Jesus get baptized, you know, and we hear that, we see the dove descend on him and we see uh, the, the voice from heaven say, this is my son whom I love. Uh, and then Luke throws in the genealogy. And I think that has great significance. Um, and I think Luke is trying to tell us, who is this Jesus? I think that's the question he's throwing out. Who is Jesus? Who is this guy? Um, and just before we get into this genealogy, uh, I'm not going to try and go into a lot of the um, debatable parts of it. You know, some people talk about, you know, is this the genealogy of Mary, uh, not Joseph? Uh, is, you know, the one in Luke is, in Matthew, sorry, is definitely Joseph's, but this might be Mary's. Um, and I don't really, you know, it'd be a long sermon if we talk about all the theories behind it all. Uh, but I just want to get to this point of who is Jesus. All right, so let's pick it up here. Luke chapter 3, verse, we'll start in verse 21. It reads, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice from, came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son. I love this next part. So it was thought, whatever that means. So it was thought of Joseph. And here we go. The son of Eli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janai, the son of Joseph, the son of Matthias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Elsli, the son of Nagai, the son of Math the son of Matthias, the son of Simeon, the son of Joseph, the son of Jodah, the son of Joanan, the son of Reza. Okay, some of these names you might notice. The son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosum, the son of Elmadam, the son of Ur, the son of Joshua, the son of Eleazar, the son of Jorim, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonam, the son of Eliakim, the son of Melia, the son of Mena, the son of Mattatha, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, Salmon, the son of Nahashon, the son of Aminadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham. Okay, we'll stop there for a second. That was a workout for my vocabulary. Um, and so I was thinking maybe the title could be Who's Your Daddy? Or something like that. But 
No, we'll stick with, I was going to go, the son and his children. Okay. okay, the son and his children. And, you know, I just want to highlight a few important things that, you know, this genealogy references. Uh, there's a lot of names that we don't know. Uh, but, you know, I think the two I really want to focus on today, kind of the ones we probably know the best, David and Abraham. You know, that God had put in throughout the Old Testament, you know, certain criteria for what the Messiah or who he was going to be, right? And so David, he comes to David in there. Uh, and you can turn with me if you want, but in 2 Samuel 7, this promise is given to David. And it's speaking of his offspring. In 2 Samuel verse, chapter 7, verse 8, it says, and this is Nathan talking, Nathan the prophet, Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. And verse 13 here, He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Wow. Right, think about that promise. Imagine if that promise was given to you. I will establish the throne of your kingdom forever. Right, that's not a promise that can be easily kept. Right? Think about the nations throughout history. Empires have come and they've gone. You know, right now, I mean, my perspective growing up, USA, the superpower of the world right now. I don't know if you guys feel that. That's what, from the outside, I guess I thought. Uh, but empires rise and they fall. Thrones come and they're dethroned. God gives him a promise here which is not going to be easily fulfilled. But Luke is showing this Jesus, Jesus is connected to David. That he is the one to come. That he would be one who would establish not just a nice throne, not just a one that would really help our lives, but an eternal throne. Right? What an amazing promise that is. Right? And so the Jews would see this and be like, oh wow, this, this may be the one. Because he is a descendant of David. But also, as we read there, he's also of Abraham. Right? In Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3, the great promise given to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Another crazy promise God gives to Abraham. All people will be blessed through you, Abraham. Right? And the Jews will look at who's this going to be. Through Abraham, the whole world would be blessed. So the Messiah must be connected to him. Luke is just establishing this is God's plan. This is what he's been doing throughout history. He's been establishing an eternal throne, a blessing for all the nations. And you can understand why the Jews, even though there was so much, you know, they were oppressed by the Romans at that time, gone through so many hardships, why they still had hope. God had given them a promise. And so Matthew, in his genealogy account, he stops here. He stops at Abraham. He makes this connection. The Messiah is coming through Abraham, the one to bless all the nations. But Luke keeps on going and he keeps building from there we'll pick it up again uh, verse 35 
34. The son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serug, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Abah, the son of Shelah, the son of Kainan, the son of Apahadex, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalel, the son of Kenan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Mm. Right? And we come to that really pointed end of the genealogy. That's the shocking moment, the son of God. Yeah. You know, and people would, okay, the son of Adam, we get that, the son of God. Wow. What is Luke trying to say here? Um, and so we've come to Adam, right? If anyone was the son of God, it was Adam. Right? Breathed life into in the Garden of Eden. Jesus is technically great, 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 great grandfather, whatever you want to call him. But Jesus is not just the Messiah for the Jews. Luke's trying to establish as well, he's connected to all men through Adam. For all stem from Adam, even for Gentiles, even for you. But Jesus and Adam here, luckily, are not the same. <laughs> we know the story of Adam. Yeah. They're contrasted. Adam, created by God, the Son of God, was supposed to reflect God's image. But he failed. You know, he gave in to Satan's trap. The temptation, plunging the human race into sin and death. And then we come to Jesus. We've seen the testimony of John. I mean, they've seen literally the Holy Spirit descend on him. They've, they've heard a voice from heaven say, this is my son. Again, just here, this is my son. He's the son of God. And in Luke 4, which, you know, sorry whoever's preaching next week, the temptation of Jesus... Oh, Satan asks him the same question. What does he ask him? If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Right? And there's this, is he the Son of God? Unlike Adam, who failed by the temptation of Satan, Jesus overcame. Through his death on the cross, he is the only one, not Adam, but Jesus, the Son of God, who broke that curse of sin and death. Luke's point, and what he's trying to help them see, is that Jesus is the only qualified Savior of the human race. No one else, nothing else, is the Savior of the human race. So Jesus, think about this, you know, He has this eternal throne. Literally, uh, a kingdom that will never end. He's a blessing to all the nations, and He's the only one qualified to save the human race. Okay, so after all that, how does that relate to us today? You know, because as I was reading this, I was like, okay, we don't really have that hope of the, that the Jews had. And, yeah, helps out. So what? So what? Right. And I think it brings us to two very important questions that we need to ask ourselves. And the first one is, is this the Jesus that we worship and that we know? Is this the king on the throne? Is he the, you know, throughout history, God's plan to bring salvation? 
You know, because I think for many of us, Jesus, especially during quarantine, quarantine, just being stuck in your home, He can just become something familiar. You know, He can be just a nice addition to our life. And not the King of Kings. And I think if Jesus is the Son of God, when things go wrong in our life, we trust in Him because He is all-powerful. He's had this, you know, I was thinking about this morning, you know, Megan and I thinking about this, going to Australia, we have no idea when. Our lives are just a blip, you know. This list, these are people who lived and died. But God has an eternal plan. He's establishing an eternal throne. COVID, who knows how long it's going to last? It's just a blip. God is eternal. We trust in Him during these difficult times. Right? This is a crossroad. He's not just a nice teacher. He's the Son of God. Yeah, we aren't ruled by fear during this time. And I think a question for us to ask is, what is... God revealing in your life that you need to grow in? What is COVID? How is COVID calling you to repentance? How is Black Lives Matter calling you to repentance? How is God using these times to establish His throne? To show us His throne that's already established. And I think the second question as well is, if Jesus is the only one qualified to be the Savior, then is He the only Savior for you? Or maybe more so, where do you go to be saved? You know, I think it's so easy in this world to turn to other things to save us. You know, when I say save us, I just think it's where we go for peace. It's where we go when we're feeling discouraged or unsatisfied. Where do we go to save us during those times? Uh, I think we can turn to food. You know, I think that sometimes we don't talk about it, but food we can go to for comfort when we're feeling down, sad. You know, I think for some of us, we just follow our desires or video games. Or, you know, I know from me being a young married man, I can turn to my spouse, you know, hoping she will save, fill me. Um, But once they're gone, once that thing is no longer right in front of you, that fear and anxiety comes straight back. You know, that false savior doesn't work. I know for me recently, I know being stuck at home, uh, you know, in Richmond with the protests going on, it was really loud. You know, we had choppers over our house the whole night. And, you know, one of the nights there was a, you know, crazy stuff happening. And when we heard things on the street, um, and obviously it's trying to change the culture, but still there's fear, there's, uh, you know, I know for me, I haven't really been an anxious person, but starting to even feel a little anxious. Like that's <laughs> yeah. not that's not me, but I was feeling those things. Um, and throughout the days, I wanted to prove how much I'm producing. You know, I, I just felt this feeling inside of me, like I would look back over the day because I kind of felt unsatisfied. I'd look back and I'd be like, yeah, I had a study, I did a, a discipling time. I feel I look to those things, those good things, to make me feel like I've done a good job. I've produced something. I'm worthy. And but I feel like I'm not doing anything. You know, I was looking to my own good works or good deeds to save me in the end. Right? And rather than looking to Jesus, the only Savior, I was looking to that. 
Maybe you do too. And I think even with these racial injustices, the call right now is for justice, is for change. And there is definitely a need for both. But we have to be careful that justice is not our salvation. Well, if I get justice, then I'll be at peace. Once things change, then the rage I feel inside will go away. Right? And it's okay to feel strongly about justice. It's okay to feel wrong, you know, strongly about change. But when we make those things our salvation, they take the place of Jesus. And only Jesus is the really one who can save us. Right? And so the question, is Jesus your only Savior? Right? Where do you go to be saved? Oh, man. I got stung by a bee like a few days ago, so I don't know what that thing is, but... Sorry. Yeah, I'll be fine. Um, right, and so the encouragement from this genealogy, you know, I think we all know as we look through it, these are just a bunch of, you know, misfits and messed up people. Half these names, we don't even know who they are, but they were a significant part of God's plan, right? God's plan to bring salvation from to everyone. You know, you can think of David. You know, we all know David was messed up. If you ever read Genesis 38, Judah, who's in this, he is messed up. It's just a really weird story in Genesis 38. You know, this guy in verse 36, Canaan, whatever his name, Kainan, we have, no one knows who he is, but he's there, right? But God was faithful to all of them. God was faithful to his promise. And I think today, the bloodline, the genealogy, continues to us. You know, turn with me to Galatians 3, and we'll close out here. Come on, Brandon. Come on, Brandon. Right, this is such an encouraging passage. Galatians 3, verse 26 to 29. Come on, Brad. Right, think about the genealogy, the son of, the son of... You know, obviously seeing Jesus as the Son of God. And then Paul talks to the Galatians here and he says, verse 26, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God Amen. through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I mean, that is just such an encouraging passage. You know, that we are now children of God, that that genealogy extends to us through faith, that we are a part of the promise, that we have come into an eternal kingdom, you know, that we have, you know, a part of God's glory uh, when we get to heaven, I mean, that's going to be so amazing, right? If you've been baptized into Christ through faith, then you are a part of that. Yeah. Not because you're so awesome, not because you repented and pulled your life together. No, but through faith, through what Jesus did for us, right? You've been clothed with Christ. We all have a messed up story. Maybe you even feel like this guy Canaan and whatever his name is. You feel like a nobody. But you're a significant because you're a part of God's plan. You're a part of His bloodline through faith. 
you know, how gracious of a God we have, you know, who chooses us, who loves us despite how messed up these people are and despite how messed up we are. He is still so gracious to us. Right? And so after reading all this, I think it's a, it's a call to celebration. You know, even as we take the bread and the wine this morning, it's a call to celebration. We must celebrate that the Son of God has brought together races, you know, Jews and Gentiles, black and white, sexes, so, and social classes that throughout history have been separated. Jesus brought them together. We also celebrate that the Son of God considers us worthy Right? You are worthy to be a part of His bloodline, to be His child. No matter what you've done, He wants you to be there. And as we take the bread and the wine, celebrate our amazing Father, you know, who throughout history had a plan to bring us to Him and used all these flawed people, which we are too, to bring about His will and bring about the Son of God who died for us uh, so we could be connected to Him. Amen. So let's, uh, let's take the bread and the wine. Let's think about these things. And I'm going to pray. Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is Will Portillo. And if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, visit us online at blueridge.church or connect with us on Facebook at Blue Ridge Church of Christ. Visit us on YouTube and subscribe for weekly sermons, encouraging news, and short devotionals. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.